Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast. I'm Dennis Ackley. Pleased to be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rapp. Dan, the Raiders ended the season on a positive note. They beat the Denver Broncos for the eighth straight time. Overall, the Silver and Black finished 8-9. It's a two-game improvement from 2022. So, Stan, it's already time to start looking forward to the 2024 season. Uh, a lot of questions need to be answered, including the biggest one. Is Mark Davis going to remove the interim tag from GM Champ Kelly and head coach Antonio Pierce? I mean, let's take a look at Pierce's resume, Stan. I mean, he's got the 5-4 and four record with Three wins against the division opponents, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. The Raiders' defense finished ninth in points allowed. And from week nine on, Stan, the Raiders had the best defense in points allowed, just 16 points a game. I don't think you and I have ever said that this entire time we've been doing uh, this podcast. And I would also throw in there, Stan, uh, player development. I mean, we saw the improved play of guys like Malcolm Kuntz, Amik Robertson, Trayvon Merrick, Trey Tucker, Michael Merrick. Uh, just to name a few. And I think, Stan, the biggest thing to me is he's got the support of that locker room from their two biggest stars in particular, Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. Stan, I, we've talked about this every week. Has he done enough in terms of Antonio Pierce to be back on that sideline for the Raiders in 2024? I don't know if I could go as far as to say that he's done enough just simply because of the track record. We saw two years ago the Raiders, they won, what, four of the last five games? Rich Bisaccia led them to the playoffs after firing John Gruden midseason. They go to the playoffs. They win the certain number of games that they need to down the stretch. They beat Justin Herbert, the Los Angeles Chargers, on that season finale, week 17. Remember that game was on Sunday Night Football. They qualify for the playoffs. They take the Bengals to the brink. Obviously, the Bengals won. They went on to go and lose to the, uh, to the Rams in the Super Bowl. And that did not keep the interim tag, or should I say remove the interim tag off of Rich Basachi's name in the, in the office. So now you're asking me, Antonio Pierce going eight and nine, not qualified for the playoffs. Is that enough? I don't know if I could go as far as to say that. You would think that that should give him a strong case to being the permanent head coach, but we see that Mark Davis, we know he's got a little thing for the big names. He's got a little thing for the big splashes. He does that. It's the city of Las Vegas, Sin City. Everything in that city is glamorous. Everything is over the top. I mean, come on, like you see, have you ever? I'm sure you've seen the sphere when you fly yes. into Las Vegas. Everything in that city is over the top, along with what Mark Davis is probably looking for as far as a hire. So when you ask that question, I'm not sure. Just because, and I'll take it a step further. When I look at everything in totality with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, obviously they played well down the stretch, all of that. But when you look at how they finished the year, to me, that's where it's like, okay, you know what? Let's go ahead and go down the list. They lost to the, to the, uh, to the Lions. Then, obviously, um, Josh McDaniels. That was McDaniels. That was McDaniels. Yeah, and then he, yep. he, he's fired the very next day. Yep. So now you get the Giants. They're not a good football team. The Jets, sometimes they play good, sometimes they don't. They're not a really good football team. Obviously, the Dolphins, that was a pretty good game. They held them to 20 points. Obviously, the defense stepped up. The Chiefs, they lose 17-31. to 31. They start off the game 14-0. But then, obviously, the Chiefs come roaring back. 
you got the Vikings. That game was three to zero. So the defense played well, but the Vikings, this is all after um Kirk Cousins is out for the season, where you have where you have uh Dobbs and then right. you have Nick Mullins and yep. you know everybody else. So now we go to the Chargers. We all remember that game on Thursday night. <laughs> and guess what? The head coach, Brandon Staley, was fired unceremoniously the very next day at like 9 a.m. Then the Chiefs game on Christmas Day, I loved watching that game, seeing what they did to Pat Mahomes. And then, obviously, you lose to the Colts and then the Broncos. But this is all after the debacle of, hey, Russ, if you don't waive the the injury waiver or the injury cause in your contract, you know what? We're going to bench you. So the Raiders down the stretch, yeah, the defense did a, a good job. I really can't agree with you on that one. But it's not like they were consistently going against the top offenses. It's not like they were going against the Dallas Cowboys. And then, you know, the other top teams, it's the 49ers, teams like that. So if I'm being a detractor, if I'm being for being in the mind of Mark Davis, that's how he can look at it. Like, yeah, we finished the season strong, but was that where we're really on the right track and we're really got this thing going? Or were we playing, should I say, mediocre to below average teams? And that's part of the reason why we were able to look good. So that's why it's so difficult for me to answer that question. And I would venture to say I don't think Antonio Pierce has done enough in the eyes of Mark Davis. All right, I want to do a follow-up question with you on that, but I want to get to the promo read real quick here, and then we'll move on. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your info, stats, news, and scores. Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs: basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC and boxing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options in your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAF to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Stan, you mentioned the glitz and glamour of Vegas. And the one name that I think we can all pretty much associate with that Raiders head coaching job is Jim Harbaugh. He just won a national championship at yep. Michigan. I feel like now that he's won that championship, stand. I feel like it's more likely that he'll leave Michigan simply for the fact, okay, I've accomplished what I've accomplished here at Michigan. I've won a national championship. I have that itch to go try to win a Super Bowl. I came close to the 49ers. I lost mm -hmm. to the Ravens. So I'm wondering, Stan, and I want your obviously your thoughts on this. I'm wondering if John Harbaugh is the first choice for Mark Davis and Antonio Pierce would be a good fallback choice number two. I don't even want to talk about Bill Belichick because – that's so far out there. And after that disaster with Dave Ziegler, the GM, and Josh McDaniels, uh, the head coach, I don't even think Mark Davis would entertain Belichick. Maybe I'm way off base on that, but I feel like it's either Harbaugh or Pierce. Am I way off base with that? No, you're not way off base. So I think you can also go ahead and maybe throw in a couple of those offensive coordinators that you see doing their thing. I mean, heck, you can look at what's going on with uh, uh, Bobby Slowick, I think his name is, the offensive coordinator for the Texans. Obviously, right. look what he's done with uh, C.J. Stroud, also with my man, quarterback coach Gerard Johnson, a good friend of mine for the Houston Texans. You look at the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. So there's a few people whose names may also be added into the mix, but I'm right there with you. I think that obviously for Jim Harbaugh, I think that's going to be at the top of Mark Davis's list just because we see that Jim Harbaugh, one of the few people who's been able to have success on the collegiate 
and the NFL level. Look at what he did, obviously, before the 49ers turning around Stanford University. Then he goes to the 49ers. He's only there for four years. They're in the NFC title game three straight years, 2011 through 2013. So Mark Davis has definitely not lost on him, a team that was across the bay back when the Las Vegas Raiders were the Oakland Raiders. So he's definitely going to be somebody that Mark Davis is going to take a, a, a long, strong look at coming up on this, uh, this, this coaching cycle. All right, Stan, let's get to the draft now. The Raiders, they own the 13th pick uh, in the upcoming draft. Draft, I beg your pardon. They have eight overall draft picks. They have enough assets, Stan, to either stand pat or pick the best available player perhaps move up in the draft and go after that coveted franchise quarterback I think everybody wants to see, or do they collect assets and move back in the draft? Stan, any inkling which way do you think Silver and Black are going to go in this draft? Well, first I would ask you this. Do you think Aiden O'Connell is the answer going forward? I think Aiden O'Connell is a is a fallback, much like Antonio Pierce would be a fallback, I think, at coach. Well, so, then there you go. So then you can't go and trade that pick and gain and gain assets for it unless a franchise quarterback is a part of the package deal for whoever wants to acquire that pick going forward. So that's why you want to go ahead and make sure that you get one of these quarterbacks coming up in the draft. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get a Caleb Williams. He's going to be off the board long before 13, where the Raiders are going to be picking. Then you got a Drake May. He's definitely not going to be there. Bo Nix, maybe he will, maybe he won't. I would venture to say that he probably won't. And then you come up with, uh, like I was telling you on the last podcast, uh, Penix. Obviously, he didn't look good against Michigan in the title game, but a lot of that was Michigan putting pressure, and he just simply got a little bit jittery back there, got a little happy feet, started seeing some ghosts and things like that. But um, I would love Penix in the black and silver. I definitely would. I love his throwing motion. I love the velocity that he has on the ball. It's like a rocket when it comes off his arm. But if you don't think that Aiden O'Connell is the answer going forward, then you definitely do not want to just sit, stand pat and trade that pick to acquire more assets or more draft picks. This is uh, that moment where, as, a, as the organization, you've got to make that decision. Is he the guy going forward? And if he's not, if you know in your heart you feel that he's not the guy going forward, then you've got to go ahead and make a move and try to get one of these quarterbacks. Stan, let me ask you, as you and I have talked about this before, it sounds like there could be four, maybe even five quarterbacks taken. Yeah. In the first round, the Raiders do covet a quarterback. They're 13. You think they got to move up to at least eight, perhaps, to get somebody they want? Maybe it all depends on who do you want. If you want Drake May, if you want Caleb Williams, you better move up to the top three. You better call up the Chicago Bears, try to get that number one pick. I think for a Chris Penix, I think the Michigan game, along with four straight years, of having season-ending injuries. I think that's going to cause certain people to kind of shy away from him a little bit. I think he's going to be there at 13. That's okay. why I keep pushing for Penix because I think he's going to be there. And in my opinion, he could very well turn out to be the best quarterback in this draft class. Caleb Williams, they, they try to compare him to Pat Mahomes. I get it. I see why he plays a lot of the backyard football. But we don't know how he's going to transfer his skill set's going to transfer to the NFL. We don't know that about Drake May. We don't know that about Bo Nix. We don't know that about Jaden Daniels or anybody for that matter. So um, I definitely think that you're going to be able to find a quarterback at pick number 13. It just depends on what quarterback do you want as far as how high you need to try to trade up to gain that spot. Stan, I think we can agree on this. Penix, the strongest arm out of that group you just said. I would 
I would I would say he has the best velocity. Maybe okay. if you go and line them all up on the goal line and do the who can throw the farthest contest, something like that, maybe somebody else might be able to throw farther. I don't know. But I think when you're talking about velocity, the speed and direction, the velocity at which the ball is coming off of his arm, I don't think that you're going to find a quarterback in this draft that has better velocity than him. And also the ball placement this past game just three nights ago notwithstanding. All right, Stan, let's talk about now the Raiders that are currently on the roster who are, who might not be on the roster. They have 21 players set to become free agents. That's including 16 unrestricted free agents. And the, the one that I want to talk about is uh, the biggest name to watch on this team, and that's running back Josh Jacobs. He set the test free agency last offseason. The Raiders placed a franchise tag on him after they couldn't agree on a multi-year contract. Jacobs refused to sign the franchise tag. He skipped the OTAs, training camp, before ultimately signing a one-year deal. Stan, we saw the emergence of Zamir White over the last three games. He rushed for 328 yards, nearly five yards a carry. So, Stan, if you're the Raiders GM, would you re-sign Jacobs knowing you're going to have to put out a pretty penny for that position to bring him back? Oh, if I'm thinking like the team, yes, I would definitely want to sign back Josh Jacobs. But to ensure that I don't have to pay as high of a premium, I would simply allow him to test the market. Let the market go ahead and formulate for him and then come back with an offer that pretty much is simply just outpaces what everybody else is giving him. I think that what Josh Jacobs is looking for as a running back, it's going to be very difficult to find that the long-term deal. We all know the running back market is depressed. Teams do not want to pay big money for a running back. And then also, there's somebody that's going to be available this coming off season. And you could tell by his mannerisms, you could tell by the overall mood of his final game of the regular season that was just against Jacksonville a couple of days ago. So that's why if I'm the Raiders, I want to sign back Josh Jacobs, but I have to do it strategically because if I franchise tag him, he's going to be upset. Rightfully so. He doesn't want to be franchised. He wants to have some security. So let him go and test the market. See what the market actually is. And then offer $1 more than the market. And I think that the Raiders will be able to get him at a much let at a lesser price than he would be commanding right between right now and when free agency opens up. All right, Stan, he played for what approximately 10 million this year, give or take some, some more in that like ballpark. That, yeah. I, I mean, Stan, is, you only gave him a three year, $33 million deal or a three year, $36 million deal. When I got Zamir white on a rookie contract, when I know I got to address my offensive line at some point, and I probably need a little bit more help up front in the middle of my but defensive not, line. But you're not going to have to address the quarterback position financially right now. Uh, you'll be able to hold off on that for about three years. So that's where you'll be able to still be able to find the cash to be able to do that for a running back. I think that's going to be their biggest choice. What are they going to do with Josh Jacobs? Because I think they, it's like they know they have, I think they know what they have in Zamir White now. I think he showed enough yeah. in those three games. And look, at if we can't come to a financial agreement that makes sense for both sides. At, I think they'll take, let him walk. But take a look at the Dallas Cowboys. Why is the Dallas Cowboys passing the ball so much right now? Why is that? Well, we got Frank Pollard back there. Mm-hmm. Well, Tony Pollard. Tony but, Pollard, I beg your pardon, but, yes. But, but, yes, but why isn't their run game as strong? Because Tony Pollard is more of a change of pace back. 
He's right. a back that you want to give the ball to. You want to have you want to give him about 20 touches a game. When you start getting more than that, that's not his game because he's not somebody that's going to be a big bruiser in between the tackles. They let go of Ezekiel Elliott. He was with the New England Patriots this past season, and right. I think their run game suffered because they don't have that power back. And so what I'm saying for the Las Vegas Raiders, you still need that power back. So, yeah, you can go ahead and make Zamir White the feature guy. Is Zamir White going to be able to get those tough yards in between the tackles? Do you think so? I think he showed he did, especially in the Kansas City game towards that end. And when the Raiders needed to run out the clock, he did. He went off tackle. Uh, I, I think he showed enough. I do. Um, I was skeptical of him because he really hadn't had the opportunity to showcase what he did because Jacobs arguably was the best running back in the NFL last year. We know he struggled mm -hmm. this year, but I won't put it on him because I think the offensive line completely struggled. But the offensive line did play late, played better, beg your pardon, later in the season. And I think Zamir White was a beneficiary of that. So I just wonder, you know, we've talked about this before, the running back position. How much do you invest in that position when it seems like you can find a running back anywhere? So I think, you know, we'll see what happens in the offseason. But I think right now he's the Raiders' biggest free agent, and we'll see which way they go. And I also think it depends to see on who, who the new GM is and who the coach is. Absolutely. Yep. I think that uh, you're going to have to go ahead and, and figure all that out, and then those two people will decide if Aiden O'Connell is the man going forward. What type of quarterback do they like in the draft, whether it's a Penix, whether it's a Jane Daniels, a Bo Nix, what have you. So, yeah, you definitely have certain steps before you can even get into the complexity of what you want your franchise to look like. All right, Stan, it was a crazy week on the coaching front, both the NFL and the college level. I mean, Mike Vrabel and the Titans part ways, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks parted ways, Bill Belichick, who was with the Patriots for 24 years, they part ways, and then... Alabama's Nick Saban retired from coaching. I mean, Stan, you've been a part of the coaching, uh, college coaching fraternity for some time now. How much do you think today's college football with the NIL and the transfer portal, beg your pardon, factor into Saban's decision? I think it probably factored in a big, uh, a big, a big amount just because you would hear for the last couple of years, Nick Saban hasn't exactly been thrilled about the transfer portal or the NIL because that's what it's all about now. It used to be guys would hop in the transfer portal if they go to a school, let's say they're a four-star or five-star kid, and they're not getting a lot of playing time, or they just simply fall out of favor with the head coach or the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator where they're not a part of the heavy rotation. They're not getting as many targets as they feel that they should. They're not getting as much playing time as they feel that they should. Now, you'll have kids who are starting at a school who will hop in the transfer portal because they know they can get more money from school X from NIL for no reason other than that. I'm doing well. I'm playing good at my school. My coaches love me. They want to feature me, but you know what that school over there, man, I heard that they're offering four F Ford F one fifties or they're giving gobs of cash for this and this and this. So, um, that factored into Nick Saban's decision. I would imagine a good amount just because, the way college football is headed, we now have a power four, DA, mm -hmm. Big Ten, ACC, SEC, Big 12. If Florida State, or should I say when Florida State leaves the ACC, they could possibly lose their power five accredit accreditation. So that's where this, this league, or should I say college football, is going. It's all about the almighty dollar. 
Now everybody wants to go where the money is. It's no longer about the camaraderie of football. It's no longer about the camaraderie of just the, the togetherness, the cohesiveness of the sport. And, you know, Nick Saban is still an old school type of guy. Mm -hmm. So for him, going to a certain school because they offer you the most money, that's foreign concept to him. You go where you know you can play early. You go where you have the best opportunity to win, win a national title. And then if you're a good football player, the money's going to take care of itself. Roger Goodell is going to walk across that stage in Nashville or Dallas or wherever the hell they have the NFL draft, and he's going to call your name out. And the type of money that you get whenever you're drafted, top 10, top 20, first round, whatever, it, the NIL money will pale in comparison to that. And don't even get me started on a free agent contract or anything like that, your second contract. So for Nick Saban, he just doesn't, he, he will never get behind that. He understands that's the new wave and it just is what it is. But I don't think that he was ever going to be an advocate for it. And ultimately he just got to a point where, you know what, I'm secure. I feel confident. I feel satisfied with what I've done in this game of college football, what is that, seven titles, six at Alabama and one yes. at LSU? Correct. So, I mean, what he's done is not going to be duplicated for a long, 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 long time, if it is duplicated. Uh, so, you know, it looks like he's happy with his decision. Obviously, it's something that he's probably given a lot of thought. I don't think that this was a knee-jerk reaction or anything like that. But, yes, it definitely probably factored in a very great deal. All right, Stan, final question for you. We've got seven openings in the NFL, including the Raiders. Now, if I want you to take the Raiders' head coaching position out of the equation. Is the Chargers right now probably the best available job because you've got Justin Herbert? we got Atlanta. we got would, Tennessee. we got New England. We've got Washington. Um, it seems I'd like probably it, say it? so. Uh, you got great weather out there in Los Angeles. It's the city of angels for crying out loud, Uh, brand new stadium. Obviously it's more the Ram stadium than the charger stadium, right. obviously. Uh, but yes, you have a franchise quarterback. You have a quarterback that you can win with. Obviously you got to get everything uh, squared away as far as why that team has so much talent, but isn't able to win games. But anytime you are looking to be a head coach at an organization, when you have a plethora of options, at your disposal, you're going to look for stable organization, stable ownership, GM, people like that, stable front office, and then obviously the quarterback situation. So you have the quarterback situation that's right. Now, are you going to have a stable front office? That's the next question. But when you look at the vacancies right now in the NFL, the state of the NFL right now, yes, I would have to go and say that the Chargers is the most attractive. That's why even if the Raiders go after Jim Harbaugh, who's to say he's going to want to go mm -hmm. to the Raiders? He may choose the Chargers just simply because of Justin Herbert. So that's why I think there's so many dominoes that have to fall over the next coming weeks. We have no idea how this entire thing is going to play out. No, we have to see where Belichick goes. He could be the first domino to fall, and then yeah. we'll see where he goes after that. So a lot of good times coming up, my friends. So. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Rouse, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.